Oh, hi. I'm Dr. K. Mastercola, physical therapist and mental health meme maker. I've spent the past 10 years navigating life with mental illness, and I found a lot of survival guides out there, but none that talk about what happens next. No one is talking about that radical space between surviving and thriving. So I created this podcast as a way to embrace the awkward in pursuit of finding what success truly means. Thanks for coming along too. This is The Thrive Guide. Welcome back to the Thrive Guide podcast. I'm your host, Kay Mastercola, otherwise known as DPTs with Anxiety. And I am so excited to introduce you to what I think is about to become one of my new internet best friends, the <laughs> TikTok sensation, Lance in Your Pants. And so that name is super catchy, super fun. And I'm going to turn the floor over to him so he can tell you a little bit about who he is and what he does. Lance? Hi, everyone. Thanks, Kay, for having me. Um, as Kay mentioned, my name is Lance, aka Lance in your pants. Um, Lance Frank, formally, full name. Um, I'm a pelvic PT in Atlanta, Georgia, and I have a small boutique cash practice where it is a predominantly pelvic health clinic, but you know, I have a few ortho patients uh, on my caseload as well. And just by the nature of me being identifying as a man, most of my patients also identify as a man and have a penis. Um, but I also have a few vulva owners and a few trans patients um, going through gender affirmation surgeries. So I kind of have a whole gamut of people that have found me for care. That is super rad. And we're so excited to have you on. And I just have to start because so I'm a pelvic health PT as well. Um, I graduated about a year and a half ago. I work um, in a women's clinic. So I would say 98% of my case population are vulva owners. Um, and so I've had a couple people like come into my DMs like men, and they're like, I'm so interested in the field of pelvic health PT, but I, I almost feel like this like barrier. Can you like talk us through a little bit like quickly about like your journey to becoming a pelvic PT? <laughs> I don't know that it'll be quickly, but I'll do my best. <laughs> to be concise. Um, yeah, my journey into pelvic health has been a crazy one. Um, I started. So my uh, at Emory, where I went to PT school, we did our clinicals, we did three, three short term clinicals our first year, and then we did our three long terms, which were 12 weeks during the second year. And so during my ortho clinical, um, my clinical instructor was a dual ortho pelvic PT. And she, her, most of her caseload was ortho, but she had a few pelvic patients sprinkled here and there, if they came up on the schedule. And so um, that was really the first instance that I was kind of introduced to pelvic PT, because in I don't know about your curriculum, but in ours, we had one lecture in one lab, and it was like all about postpartum women. And so in school, I was like, absolutely not like, no, thank you. Like, I, I, that's great. But I'm not interested in dedicating my career to that. And so I didn't think much of it until my ortho clinical and seeing the people that she treated um, really kind of opened my eyes. But even then, after that, I was like, uh, no, thank you. Like, this is cool, but like, good to be aware of, not necessarily something that I want to dedicate my career to still. Um, but shortly after that clinical, uh, that clinical instructor that I was with, she left and opened up her own clinic. 
and offered me a job after I after I graduated. And it just like what I have now, it was a small cash concierge like practice. And she's like, you know, I'd love to hire you. And I think that you would be a great fit. You know, we get along really well, but I, um, I need you to have some kind of niche, something that like we can market and make you marketable. And so um, she was like, you should really consider going into pelvic health. And I was like, Ugh, I don't really know how I feel about that. But like, I'm open, like I'm not, it's not a no. Um, she was like, well, just take the first like Herman and Wallace course and see like how you feel about it. So I did, I took it the first, the semester before I graduated. And that was really when I first realized just how many people could benefit from pelvic health. And it's not just vulva owners and postpartum women and women going through menopause. Like there's so many other people that have issues that could benefit from it. And so after that, I graduated, I took the job. Um, I took a few more pelvic health courses and throughout the years, I kind of bounced around to different clinics. Um, but as you've kind of introduced this topic, being a, a man, identifying man in pelvic health has had some mm, challenges, we'll say. Um, mm -hmm. Throughout the years, the reason why I ultimately opened up my own clinic was because I was tired of the, bureau the bureaucracy of, it's not rare that men get discriminated against, but yeah. in this one instance, there were several clinics that I worked at that me being a man and treating women was, it was super frowned upon. And of course, you know, like the big, the big box companies, their, their main concern is covering their asses. And so mm -hmm. there was a lot of loopholes that I had to, a lot of extra hoops that I had to jump through in order just to do the job that I was hired to do. And after about two or three different clinics, I realized that like the only way that I was going to be able to really treat the people that I wanted to treat and how I wanted to treat without any strings attached was if I just did it myself and opened up yeah. my own. Clinic. And so that's what I did. Um, I opened up yeah. my own clinic that's very queer centric and most of my patients are men or identify as a man, but I feel like I'm kind of the unicorn of pelvic PTs because I literally treat whatever comes in the clinic and, um, and it's great. And I love it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, such a need for that as well. Like as someone else, like I would say that like on my team, like I'm the one who's definitely the most interested in like transitional medicine. And so like, I've been starting to like make those outreaches to like, um, like plastic surgeons and stuff in the area to being like, Hey, like your patients, like need proper dilator training. They need all of this. Like, and this is kind of the safe space. And I remember like being interviewed for my job. And so, you know, my company is like Vitality Women's. And so it's not, we don't discriminate against men, but we just, they're not necessarily our like demographic of marketing. Right. Um, and so we treat them if they call. And so when I was talking, I was using very like gender neutral terms and things. Cause on my clinical, I had a pretty healthy 50, 50 mix. Um, cause we were kind of like next to, um, an air base. So we got a lot of like older gentlemen with like prostate issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I remember they were like, Oh, like, are you okay with treating like primarily women? And I was like, absolutely. Like it's one of the most like undertreated populations, but I'm also interested in growing that and to find a space where they like helped foster some of that and like really kind of supported me on that journey was huge. Um, and so I think it's like, so interesting, like, was there a level of like 
imposter syndrome kind of like going in and like feeling like you can actually do this? Like, how did you kind of navigate some of those like feelings of like almost feeling like shut out of that space? I mean, the, I didn't do a pelvic health clinical. I didn't do any sort of residency. I just kind of piecemealed different con ed courses together to form my treatment style now. And yeah. it's, I mean, I'm not going to say, it, you know, fake it till you make it is like the ultimate, you know, mantra, but I felt confident treating shoulders. I felt confident treating knees and, and low backs and ankles. And I applied, you know, basic rehab principles that at least I learned in school. And I was like, okay, this is my goal. This is what I want them to achieve. Like, how can I figure out how to make this happen? And so, I mean, it's a little bit of like fake it till you make it a little bit of guessing and a little bit of educated, you know, guessing rather. And over time I figured out what worked and what didn't. And it's, um, it's, it's been fun figuring out, you know, my, my treatment style and different diagnoses and, and how to approach them. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, like, I say that too, like, especially like as like a newer grad, like in this field, you know, like, yes, I was very blessed to have a clinical, but that's like 10 weeks. And then it's like, here, go take on the real world. And I'd never treated a pregnant patient before. And here I am, like my first week, I have like three of them on the case. And I'm like, I don't know how birth works. Like I'm a kinesthetic learner and I have not ever been pregnant. So this is horrific. Uh, thankfully, I was in a clinic with like very rare to find, but like four other pelvic PTs. So I like picked everyone's brain. Um, but that same kind of level, you know, instead of fake it till you make it, I say proceed with confidence and no one questions you. Right. And so just kind of like having this aura of like, yes, you're coming to me and I'm going to give you the information. And I feel like that's so often overlooked in pelvic health is treating the whole person. And so kind of sounds like you agree. Um, I was APTA trained. I'm not really sure how Hermes, Herman and Wallace is. Um, but with the pelvic floor class, you know, it's one weekend and it's very internally based. And so I'll get people from other pelvic PTs that it didn't necessarily work. And they're like, oh, well, I only had 20 minutes and they would go in and just do internal. And I was like, did they look at your hip? Did they look at your butt? And it's like, I kind of feel like sometimes pelvic PTs are forgetting to go outside the pelvis a little bit. So yes. it's like nice and reassuring to kind of hear that someone else also kind of like resonates and is treating that way as well. Yeah. I admittedly, you know, early in my career, I was very internal heavy. I was like, you're mm -hmm. a pelvic patient. I'm treating your pelvis. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, after, you know, only so many times you can you keep doing that and people not progressing when you're like, okay, this isn't working. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, shift gears here, change, change my focus. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm the first to admit to all of my patients of like, you know, I'm not, you know, the, the pelvic guru of, of pelvic PTs. I will be the first to admit when I don't know something, but I am a great learner and I will figure it out. So like I, I, your proceed with, with confidence is I, I feel like I'm, I'm competent and I'm confident in what I know mm. and even more so in what I don't know. And I'm not shy to admit to a patient like, you know, I don't, I've never heard of this before. I've never seen this before, but it's, you know, it presents similar to other things that I've treated. So we're going to figure it out. Um, 
but yeah. And I feel like that's so, so like bold and brave. And I feel like, you know, a lot of PT students kind of listening to this, like need to hear that because like, I feel like, I don't know how long ago, like you graduated. Um, but like, I'm sure that anxiety of like practicals was all the same where it's like, you have to go in and just like know everything. And like the amount I Google in clinic, like yeah. I'm not embarrassed by it. No. Like you expect I, me to remember the sacral plexus. Come on. <laughs> I graduated in 2017 from, from okay. my PT program. Um, so I've been out for a, a, a bit, not a long time, but a bit. And one of my favorite professors in my program, uh, she was a lovely Australian lady. She had this lovely thick accent and she would always tell us like, you know, you don't have to know everything. Like, yes, we want you to know everything for the practicals, but the real world isn't like that. Like you don't have to know, you don't have to get every single special test in or every single exam in on the, on the evaluation day. Like you've got so many sessions that like you can trial and error and figure it out you know, treat what you find. That was their main mantra, treat what you find. And that's how I treat today. Like, I don't really worry about the diagnosis. I just treat what they're coming in and how they present. And um, I feel like I get pretty good outcomes. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, that that's our job as body detectives is, is to is to pick it apart and figure it out. And the beauty of, you know, being able to be in a clinic where you can see patients one time a week, two times a week, and kind of give them more of that continuous care. And so I want to kind of hop back to something you were talking about where um, you were like, I'm competent and I'm okay with like saying I don't know something and kind of figuring it out. How did that play into that like overarching of like, okay, maybe now I'm going to start my own cash-based practice? Because like, that's a big thing to take on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know about your curriculum, but we didn't get a whole lot of like business development education. And um, I've, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Uh, the first job that I accepted out of PT school was at a cash practice. And so before I graduated, at once the, the mentor that I was telling you about, once she left the clinic that we were at together, she actually hired me while I was still in PT school to work her front desk a couple days a week. And so I learned a lot on the back end just from that experience. And then once I actually graduated and started working as a therapist, I, I learned a lot, you know, from the, the clinician side of things rather than the administrative side. So between that experience and listening to a bunch of different cash-based um, podcasts out there and following different other people that were successful in, in cash practices, um, that's really again, I just kind of piecemealed it together. I've, through the years, I've, I've worked with different business coaches um, to kind of help accelerate things. But at the end of the day, it's just there wasn't one sort of guideline or rubric that I followed to get to where I'm at. Like, I still don't know what I'm doing. Like, I feel like every day I'm just like making it up and hoping that what I'm doing works. And so far, it's, it has. But um, it's uh, it's been a learning experience for sure. So definitely in true PT fashion, I'm going to lean in the mic for this. It depends. <laughs> yeah. It depends. Yeah. And so you said you graduated in 2017. So I graduated in 22. And so I was in the thick of Zoom University for grad school, but you were like actually like out practicing in the clinics. Like, can I ask, like, how did COVID like affect the way you practice? How like your career changed? <laughs> Um, oh gosh. Yeah. COVID was, COVID was stressful. Not, not going to lie. Um, uh, March 1st of 2020, I submitted my 
30 day notice to my full-time job salary benefits to go full-time for myself April 1st of 2020. I was very confident that I had enough patience to at least pay my bills, not like living lavishly, but I knew that if I went full-time for myself, that I had enough of a caseload that I would be okay. And I also worked just to help pay down student loan debt and other just other things of just have extra income. I had a PRN job already uh, Mm -hmm. working of the local trauma hospitals here in Atlanta. And um, so with the intent to go full-time for myself with building my cash practice April 1st with the side hustle of my PRN job, um, all that came to a screeching halt, obviously, when COVID, two weeks after- days later. One days later, the world shut down. I'm like hurting knowing like the timeline of this. I'm like, no! Um, like hindsight is 2020 like and that's an ironic saying even saying that right i wasn't i wasn't even able to finish out my 30 days at my clinic because i got furloughed two weeks after i i submitted my notice so it was just like it was a it was a lot not gonna lie it was a lot um i lost my job i still had the prn job but at that time like people were terrified of going into the hospital and it was a trauma hospital. And so when the world shut down, like people aren't in their cars, stab, mm-hmm. you know, stab wounds aren't happening, gunshot wounds aren't happening, like the entire world came to a screeching halt. And so th- there weren't any traumas to fill the trauma beds in the hospital. And so they didn't need extra PRN staff. And so it was, I, you know, I was unemployed. It was the first time with a doctorate degree where I was like, I thought I had a job, a career that was like bulletproof to any kind of like recession, any kind of like anything. And here comes this like global pandemic slapping me in the face. (laughs) It was, it was a shock of reality, but you know, I used that time. I, I like hundreds of thousands of other people, I had to file for unemployment insurance. And, um, I, I lived off the government for a little bit. And during that time I found, creative ways to use my clinical skills and my clinical knowledge. Uh, And honestly, I was bored. I was bored at home, like being like, (laughs) how can I use this information and like still be a human and still feel like I'm contributing to the world? Um, And so I created my TikTok page. (laughs) I created Lance in Your Pants. Um, Which 10 out of 10 name. I'm I'm obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) One of my one of my best friends from um, from high school, she used to call me Lance Pants. And that was the, 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 that was a real OG name was just Lance Pants. But then I was like, I need to make this obviously sound more like it's pelvic health related. Yeah. And yeah. So obviously then, you know, that's where Lance in your pants came from. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, April, May, sometime I started my TikTok page and I didn't know how to use TikTok. I just kind of like figured it out and saw other people doing trends. And I was like, I can make these trends relatable to pelvic health. And after a few videos, one of them went like mega viral. And it just, I woke up one day with like 300,000 followers and I was like, holy shit, what have I done? (laughs) Yeah. For lack of a pun in pelvic health, holy shit. (laughs) Right. Um, What what was that video? Do you like... What, like, how did that, like, change things for you? It was just a video of me dancing with, like, throwing up some, like, blurbs about, like, random pelvic health facts. And actually, one of my, I mean, she's not my, like, 
real life friend, but one of my friends on TikTok, she actually reposted it. Um, I forget her name. Dance floor because Alicia, we love you. She, um, it's (laughs) her name's Heather, but she basically she she'll repost people's videos and like her whole thing is like going into the comments and like reading the comments about the video and like the the video that I posted like where it had some pretty raunchy comments on it and she reposted it and so after that it just it went even more viral and it was like she has like millions of followers and so her like promotion really just kind of like set things off um but yeah i mean it's been wild the the exposure on social media has been has been crazy and alicia the pelvic dance floor was, was one of my good friends like she was one of the first people that i connected with after all of this kind of happened and um I've made some pretty good friends through social media, through TikTok, in pel- the pelvic health realm, just because of the exposure that that has come from it. <laughs> and I think it's so special too, like you know, working in a in a fully pelvic health clinic where like we only treat pelvic health. You know, I talk to a lot of people where they're like, "Oh, pelvic health is really isolating because you have this one office in the back of an ortho clinic, and you just kind of work in there." And I mean, that's the reason my boss created this space in her practice. Um, and so we're very, you know, thankful that it exists. And I'm blessed to have that that mentorship where others don't. Um, but the online communities like Nicole Kozan's like pelvic huddles and, you know, to kind of even like me reaching out to you and just being like, hey, like, come do this crazy thing with me. Like, I feel like what we do for a living, there's no shame in anything. So we're all this like real animated, just goofy people. Yeah. Um, and it's. And so, I feel like to be a pelvic health PT, you have to be a little quirky. (laughs) You've you've got to be a little out there. You've got to be willing to like talk about very uncomfortable topics with people. And it, I, I don't know. Some of my, all of my best friends really are pelvic health PTs. So it's we get along great. (laughs) It's it's so, and then like we're like texting each other, and we're just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm so constipated. And it's like that's not what normal (laughs) friends text about, but like that's what we text about, and it's great. Right. Right. So partner. Hard hitting question. Over 600,000 followers on TikTok, growing your own cash based practice. Do you consider yourself successful? I mean, successful in the sense that my career has gone in a, in a positive direction and I get to live a life that I am proud of and that I feel financially stable and that I'm. I'm happy and enjoy what I do. Like I, I define that as successful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, one of the biggest questions on this podcast is like, what is success? You know, because I very much feel in the in-between and it kind of sounds like that, like time, like during the pandemic was kind of your in-between. How long did it take you to kind of like come back? Did you create your cash-based practice like right after kind of stuff started coming back after COVID or? I, again, you know, a new business, a new business idea, no experience running a business. I didn't want to be the first to tiptoe back into clinical care when all of my like mentors who also had cash practices were like, nope, we're holding out. Like we don't feel safe going back into the clinic yet. So I, I probably didn't see my first patient back for myself until November of 2020, when 
I saw that other people were, <laughs> I saw that other people were doing it. And so I was yeah. like, okay, well, if this person who I very much respect and, and believe in is, is believes that it's okay, then I'm going to as well because my livelihood depends on it. <laughs> and yeah, so, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was probably like October, November when I first started like slowly trickling patients back onto the schedule. And I mean, I still had my PRN job, but I was mm -hmm. working 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. taking temperatures for people of like the night shift just to like make extra money. And so um, I over probably the course of two years, I slowly like titrated my ratio of like hours at the hospital to hours at, at my own clinic until I was confident that my my schedule in my clinic could comfortably pay all the bills that I needed to pay. And so I, after about two, two and a half years, I, I left the hospital to completely dedicate my, all of my attention full time to the, to my clinic. And, and I have been there ever since. So it's, it's been um, a crazy, crazy path, but we're, we're here now. We made it on the yeah. other side. <laughs> and you're growing. You just hired someone new, right? I did. Um, I just hired my first therapist um, back in June um, and are slowly building his schedule as well. And again, they just don't teach you these things in PT school. So hiring another person and being responsible for now their livelihood, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's it's a, a whole other podcast in itself. Right, right. Yeah. Mini YouTube series. <laughs> so within like all of that time, like if you can go back through the looking glass and like have that like Mufasa Simba moment, you know, where he's up over on the cliff, like what would you tell yourself in that like two and a half year time, knowing what you know now? Just keep going. Like it'll be fine. You know, like <laughs> it, this isn't forever. These eight, eight hour shifts at the hospital overnight will not be your forever career, you know, like there were some really dark times during that period where I was like, I mean, to be quite honest, you know, if I'm being super candid, I, there were several periods where I applied to other jobs outside of therapy because I was just like, I felt so jaded towards the, the pelvic or the physical therapy, like profession as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so I, I applied to a bunch of different jobs and fortunately none of them worked out i didn't get hired for any of them and you know i it kind of forced me to be like okay no you need to stick with it you're you're gonna be fine and so yeah if i could tell my younger self you know three years ago two years ago like it it will just keep going it'll be okay <laughs> it'll be okay yeah and i mean it's so applicable just to like anything you're in now you know it's it's worth sticking around for you know i remember like PT school, like I was like, I am an absolute failure. I don't belong here. Everyone else is outperforming me. And now I sit here kind of laying back and I'm just like, we got to the exact same spot. We <laughs> got to the exact same spot. And it's, you know, I like killed and berated myself and just like so much therapy over. And I was just like, no, we all just kind of got to the same spot in the end. And like, but you know, you never know how deep the water is when you're drowning in it. Right. Yep. And so, you know, something that I like always say and like kind of like the mantra of this podcast is like, you know, you can be the entire package and, and sent to the wrong address. And it seems like, you know, you thrived in creating your own 
address, right? Your own clinic in Atlanta, Georgia. And just like, and so I always joke that like, I would have that like tattooed on my forehead. And so, you know, I think that that's so powerful for people to hear too, is that like, even if you're at the wrong address, it doesn't mean that you have to like find a new address, like create your own. And I'm sure like you probably still get a little bit of pushback being a male in the pelvic health space. I can't imagine half of the phone calls or TikTok comments you get. Like, I don't want to know because like this is a happy podcast and the world doesn't deserve to be mean. <laughs> right. I agree. And so if like, so I say like I get that tattooed on my forehead, like what, what final mic drop moment would you have like tattooed on your body? Well, I don't know that it's, it's like a, as, as powerful of a mic drop moment as, as, as yours, but my entire mantra in life, and I actually have it tattooed on my hand, uh, is ah! just, it just is be kind. Um, like kindness goes a long way and I, you never know what people are going through and what people are dealing with. And, you know, kindness can, can really just be the thing that sets you apart from other people. And above all else, like, again, I, I try, I'm not, I, I never promote this idea that I, I know everything and that I'm the greatest person, the greatest therapist there ever was, but I feel like I'm a kind person. And I feel like being kind to people, you know, the universe has, has funny ways of, of paying it, paying it forward. And so I feel it matters. like it matters. Ah. <laughs> oh. Well, that is so like, I could have another 30 minute conversation just on that alone and medical gaslighting and our role as PTs and being a kind practitioner, but I'm going to leave things there. I'll, maybe I'll invite you back and we'll talk all about it. Uh, so Lance, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, well, obviously social media, Instagram, TikTok, at Lance in your pants, um, YouTube. Also, I'm trying to be better at growing YouTube um, or People can check out my my actual clinic, my website, and they can reach me there directly, Flex Physical Therapy Atlanta. Um, or if people are super interested and want to email me directly, Lance at FlexPTATL.com. Oh, thank you so much for being here. This is a great, great conversation. And I know like so many people are going to love listening to this and probably reach out with more questions. Um, so until next time, guys, keep on thriving. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Thrive Guide, presented on the PT Pinecast Network. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or a comment down below. It helps other people find us. You can check out links to everything mentioned in the show notes below. Thank you again and keep on thriving.